हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू अवंतिका डिजाइनरिंग सीरीज और एडीएस एस वी लाइक टू कॉल इट एवरी वीक ऑन वेडनेसडे वी फीचर डिजाइन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी लीडर्स हु शेयर दर प्रोफेशनल जर्नी दर थॉट्स ऑन दर डोमेन ऑफ वर्क एंड डिजाइनरिंग वेर द वर्ल्ड ऑफ डिजाइन एंड इंजीनियरिंग मीट मेक श्योर यू फॉलोअर्स ऑन सोशल मीडिया इंस्टाग्राम लिंकड इन फेसबुक एंड ट्विटर एंड विद दैट लेट्स कंटिन्यू विद योर शो As humans we all care about money not unusual for a person to want to check their bank account at least once a week and it's self explainable why we live in a financially driven world and many things revolve around our account balance therefore even if we like it or not we are constantly in need to make financial decisions when using online banking services to pay for bills or to check the account or when accessing financial services on our mobile phones we always get in touch with user experience design that being said a quality of design can ease the way people handle their finances can reduce the time needed to access certain features and can lead to a more pleasant experience overall and that's why in this episode we interact with nivedita chandra head of user experience at Deutsche Bank she has over a decade and a half of professional experience in the domains covering design business and technology and that's why on our journey of discovering design hearing we talked to her in our special episode of world bank day hello nevedita welcome to avantika design hearing series it's a pleasure to host you on our show today thank you so much noise it's a pleasure to be here Super. So to start with our icebreaker, uh, Nivedita, as a designer, we are constantly experimenting with so many tools and processes in an attempt to find the one that works best for us. And after a great deal of experimentation, we discover the perfect design workflow. The question that I have for you, my first one. how did you discover your workflow that's actually a very interesting question and, and i think you are bang on when you say that uh, it it takes some time uh, for any designer uh, to discover the perfect design process and i think from my experience uh, i have mostly been associated with uh, technology design for enterprise products so uh, to just uh, let you know see when when i started i started looking the normal way right you go to all these websites you go to conferences you go to these uh, webinars and try to get all the aspects from there and try to uh, create a process that might work but most of the uh, inputs and guidelines that i would get aligned more with a b2c kind of product and that was not something which uh, i was working on uh, then and even now so i th- i think uh, it it took me a good like a year or more uh, and that was in my uh, previous organization so we were just starting the ux practice and we were looking for the processes which would work our uh, development methodologies uh, which could actually uh, get incorporated with the existing uh, structures without really affecting the the outputs and deliverables too much so uh that's where we uh, decided uh, 
with this a three step process so generally from that point onwards this is what i try to incorporate in all similar projects but of course uh, depending on the product the process might change but what i want uh, what i do and what i want my team to do is generally break the whole process into three steps so it's always discover design and execute which uh, which uh, is is the basis for any ux research as such uh, but have very clear demarcations and uh, this uh, the discover would be steps like uh, we always start with a experience canvas workshop so this was something which was made popular by uh, atlassian when they published one of their initial studies uh, and initial uh, learnings when they were creating their design process uh, they published something called an experience canvas workshop and this is where you have all the stakeholders in one room uh, it is a very timed exercise if i may say so just 60 to 90 minutes uh, at the most and the idea is to have all of them answer a set of questions uh, just to make sure that at the end of it all the stakeholders are at the same place when it comes to the design outcomes so we have questions like uh, you know who are the competitors uh, what do you plan to achieve from uh, this what are uh, the most important features what what are the ones which are be there which will be there in mvp uh what are the proposed solutions and uh, this seems like a very bland exercise uh but uh, i've realized uh when you have everyone in the same room the insights and the perspectives that you get actually uh gives you a very good idea of the design outcome also it is one way of making everyone aware of uh, the design process because as i said uh, in my previous organization we were just starting up so not everyone uh, starting from the engineering teams product teams uh, management uh, were aware of what design process is for them the, the final output was always the visual design so this also is a exercise in evangelizing letting them know about the efforts that uh, go into design so that would be part of uh, the discover phase then we have market research uh, creating profiles personas then once after we have the final uh, output of discover we move on to design design would be see you have use cases features what are the journey maps and and so on and so forth and all of these phases would have a very well defined document coming out of it right so this is for the whole team uh, to see and analyze and contribute to and only after design we move to execute so execute is the final prototypes we have wireframes we we work on the navigations the information architecture and the final prototypes so we i just make sure that uh, my team is very clear about these three steps and that there are no overlaps so we are not allowed to pick up a pencil start from the sketch at any point of time the first step always has to be the uh, experience canvas workshop and then we move forward so this is something which has worked really well for me uh, the the tools and processes inside they obviously change depending on the product wow that's that's interesting so nivedita working from you know how did you discover your workflow to coming to your life you know from a software designer to head of user experience global transaction banking chief digital officer at deutsche bank you've also been an entrepreneur multiple times how did all of these transition over uh, the period of your professional type, uh, you know professional life take place can you can you run us mm. through that 
Yeah, sure. It's 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 been a long journey, right? So uh, yeah, I started working uh, more than fourteen years back. So I graduated in two thousand six and have been working ever since. So I think that was the time when uh, engineering was the most safest. I mean, it was the safest uh, profession. Uh, it was either engineering or medical, and I'm so happy to see that the the thing, things are changing, and it's not going to be the same for you guys and the generation after after that. But uh, yeah, so engineering was the default option for me. I, I was uh, not never interested in biology, so I did that. Also, I th- I think uh, uh, I don't have any regrets, and I don't have anyone to blame because uh, I never realized that I could take up design as a full time profession. For me, it was always there. It was always part of my life. I, I loved uh, drawing and doodling and everything creative, but I never really realized that I could, you know, make money out of it. I could make it as my full-time profession. So yeah, I did the engineering. Uh, uh, the initial part of my career was uh, core software engineering, uh, development, QA, testing, and I spent the initial few years there. Uh, I think uh, one uh, good thing that I always did, and that's what I uh, tell to all the new grads in my team also, uh, if you have a passion, if you have an interest, just keep pursuing it. Uh, don't let your job take over your life completely. So that was something which worked for me. Um, I al- I was always doing graphic designing uh, as my side project. So as, as all of us start, right, I started taking up uh, assignments for logos and branding and collaterals. A lot of freelance work uh, using the online websites and also uh, friends. So once you start doing, you 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 create a network out of it. So I was always doing that, and uh, in in so one of my I think it was my second or third job. Uh, so all my bosses they knew that uh, I was very interested in that, and also I had worked for some of their friends in setting up their startups and designing the right uh, journeys for them. So they knew uh, what I was capable of. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, uh, a new team was being created for uh, specifically for user experience, and it was the first time they were, uh, you know, experimenting with something like that. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it and start it up. So I think yeah, that that was the best twist in my career because till that time I was uh, working on my day job till. Uh, till the evening, whatever six, seven, and then at night I would uh, take up all the freelance assignments for design because that was something which really gave me a kick, which which kept me motivated. And then I would work on those uh, side projects till maybe two, two thirty, three in the morning. So when this opportunity came up, uh, I, I didn't even think twice about it, and I took it up. Uh, that was an amazing time. Uh, I was part of setting up a new team for user experience, so that. That requires uh, uh, another level of effort altogether, because it's not just about uh, UX. Then it's it's about uh, uh, you know telling the people all about design, uh, telling how design is gonna impact a business, how how uh, we are actually gonna impact the revenue numbers using designs, and how how we are gonna delight the customers. Uh, to setting up the processes, the frameworks, the guidelines, uh, hiring people. And uh, that was a really yeah, uh, uh, enriching experience for me. So that's where uh, my journey as a full-time designer started. Uh, I, I actually, in my career, I spent almost 10 years in Bangalore. Uh, 
in in between like 3 4 years i moved to delhi for some time and came back to bangalore uh deutsche bank happened just a couple of years ago so i was like really happy uh, in bangalore a nice peaceful place uh enjoying my uh, career there and everything seems to be working fine so that's where uh, my discussions with uh, my uh, current boss in deutsche bank started and uh, it seemed like a very again a very uh, challenging role to take because uh, the the digital team uh, the chief digital office for gdb digital was a new team that uh, he was working on and uh, he so this is something uh, where we create uh, new products new digital products for the bank uh, again a similar kind of uh, experience where you have to uh, make the people understand how actually design is important for banking as well and i was part of uh, corporate banking so it was again a little uh, a little different challenge because people seem to understand how design works for a retail bank how design is important for uh, your retail business and uh, it's not like people there uh, didn't know about the concept of design everyone was using uh, you know uh, apple and all the websites and so they knew that uh, design is something really cool but uh, the the major challenge again there was to make them understand that it's going to drive real numbers so as long as you can't uh, associate design with actual business numbers uh that's where you you just lose the focus of the stakeholders so again that that happened and i had to move to mumbai because of that uh, it it has been an amazing journey in deutsche bank so far uh, a lot of different teams that i got to work with uh, and and yeah uh, some experience with corporate retail as well a, diff- a different uh, business a different uh, learning altogether So yeah that has been my journey uh, I think yeah I have been speaking for a long time now yeah that that's that's has been my journey so far yeah that's that that really sounded interesting in fact one of one of the things that I caught hold of Nivedita while you were speaking that you know you made your transition from the technology mindset to a business mindset to a design you know a design mindset um and somewhere you also kept blending all of these uh, Uh, you know mindsets and skill sets the question that i have is what is your secret sauce to blending this versatility how how do you keep switching on and off the uh, design part in your brain the business part in your brain the technology part in your brain how do you connect all of these dots that's actually a good uh, i mean very interesting observation i i never really thought of myself like that so yeah thanks for giving me that idea um I think see Rohit uh, the first thing I think that worked really well in my favor was because I came from an engineering background and uh, if you see my career I have always been in technology design so it became really helpful for me to understand technology whenever I'm working on a new product and uh, try to use design uh, in accordance with the underlying technology So whenever it's a new product uh, I believe if, as a designer all of us should be aware of what are the underlying technologies right what are what are the what are the db uh, structures that you're using what is the middleware uh, are you using microservices apis so basis that you can actually design the most efficient uh, experiences for your users um so uh, although i uh, i always felt that uh, i didn't go to a design school and i i think that's going to be my lifelong regret but having said that i think uh, engineering also helped me in that aspect because i was uh, pretty comfortable with technology 
before I moved to design. So I had to put in a lot of effort to understand design, but technology was something that came a little naturally because of my education and also the initial experience. Uh, coming to business, definitely, I think that took some time because when we start as young designers, uh, we only see the the last deliverable. And I think it's true for engineers as well. When we start as new uh, engineers also, we just see that like our small little piece of code and, uh, and the final output uh, on the product for it. Associating it with business, I think that's the that's the last piece in the jigsaw that we need to ace. Because when you're working with an organization, all our efforts are towards driving a business. And that is the bigger picture. I think all the leaders uh, in an organization should be giving uh, the people, uh, the engineers, the designers. And now I, I firmly believe that uh, if your design cannot really impact your business, your revenues, then uh, I don't think you are actually using design to its fullest potential. Especially for the products that I've been working on uh, uh, at VMware or at Deutsche, these these are meant for a, a specific set of users and uh, are the core businesses of the of the organization. So the design only has to enable business, just like engineering uh, or like uh, engineers have to enable the business. So it's I think it's very important, and I try to have that uh, in my team as well. I try to give the bigger picture uh, what. Why are you doing something that you're doing? So the, the key is always to start with why. If, if there is a new product, why are we doing it? How is it going to impact our business? How is it going to affect the users and why we are doing it? So it's, it's good to give that clarity to everyone involved before we start any of our efforts. Hey, did you know Deutsche Bank is launching a global brand campaign that uses client stories to show its positive impact in action. These stories are told through films featuring clients and colleagues from across the bank demonstrating how Deutsche Bank supports clients to achieve their plans and ambitions. Wow, that's that's interesting in terms of how do you connect these multiple domains and dots. In fact, one of the interesting thing is that you are also a parallel entrepreneur uh, with Monkey Baby. How did you come up with this idea and why this unique name called as Monkey Baby? Yeah, <laughs> so Monkey Baby is actually a business which is on pause right now. I need to uh, start working on it. I'm, I'm doing some prep work and uh, plan to launch it again. So why Monkey Baby? Okay, uh, so this was something which I started after my daughter was born. And uh, I was uh, obviously on my maternity leave and uh, wanted to do something new. Uh, I think this stuck because when I went out shopping, so Monkey Baby, basically, uh, I designed some fun, quirky t-shirts for babies. So basically, it was just onesies and t-shirts with some uh, fun uh, text on it. Uh, the idea came because whenever I went out shopping uh, for babies, uh, uh, it always used to be like super cute or kind of stuff. So for girls, you'll have like butterflies and teddies and pinks and uh, definitely very cute. But it was never uh, it was never quirky, and that's the kind of clothes that uh, I always like to wear. Uh, so there were some brands who were doing really uh, hilarious stuff. So I mean, if you see a baby wearing uh, wearing a onesie and it says uh, any like Bollywood dialogue, it's it's like 
तू जानता नहीं मेरा बाप बाप कौन है समथिंग लाइक दैट एंड अ थ्री मंथ ओल्ड बेबी इज वेयरिंग अंजी लाइक दैट आई डोंट नो इट इट ऑलवेज यू नो मेक्स मी लाफ इट जस्ट ब्रेक्स मी अप सो आई वॉन्ट टू स्टार्ट डूइंग समथिंग लाइक दैट विच इज लाइक मोर अफोर्डेबल बिकॉज सम ऑफ द बिगर ब्रांड्स वर डूइंग रियली नाइस वर्क बट इट वॉज अ लिटल ऑन द हायर साइड एंड so i started experimenting with that uh, we got some t-shirts and uh, designed on it and uh, i sold it on the website and amazon the name monkey baby yeah that's that's because i used to call my daughter monkey baby <laughs> she was born she didn't had she didn't have any hair uh, a hairline just like that of a, a monkey so i used to call her monkey baby and this was a dedication to her so even now i mean she doesn't understand the business of course much but uh, she knows that uh, i have a business like monkey baby and she wants me to start on it and like every night uh, she asks me after the storytelling session it's like uh, mama monkey baby we will start monkey baby again so she thinks it's her business uh, yeah that's that's where the name came from i need to start working on it again yeah wow we have a young budding entrepreneur in making um, and uh, uh, that's that's solid inspiration right at the start so moving from you know your your journey to to your organization in the space that you operate in in fact working on financial products that affect millions of users every day gives a real sense of scale and gravity to your work now it it it's definitely exciting but at the same time daunting as well now my question is how does one design for fintech different from the other products or services which are available out there yeah it, it's uh, it's it's definitely humbling because this the scale is uh, completely different so let me answer this uh, from a banking perspective which applies more to uh, my area uh, my uh, area of interest and career uh, because you know uh, there are there are major differences in design when it comes to uh, designing for fintech versus designing for bank so i'll just speak from my experience and uh, and i i hope you are able to get some insights out of it uh, so in simple words uh, you know you need to understand that for most of the banking platforms the business success does not depend on the users level of engagement uh so for example for uh, say a website like uh, an amazon or flipkart the design intent is to make the user spend more and more time on the website right uh the more time the user spends the higher is the probability of them making a purchase so there the designers would keep the users engaged with uh, say recommendations and uh, offers and so on just to make them stay on the website for more time but on the other hand for a banking platform the users aim uh, is to complete a task it might be to me be more productive and more efficient uh, it could be like a bank's client uh, in case of say an online banking or it could be an internal employee when i'm working for uh, say a trading a trading app for uh, our trade teams so it could be either but the ambition for them is always to be more efficient so we need to ensure that uh, at any point of time the user has uh, access one and the user has control two so they should have access to all the information they need to complete the task uh, and they should have control over their journeys right so as a bank we should be available at every point to support the client in their journeys so uh, say for example if a user needs to uh, get a loan from the online banking uh, portal 
so they should get all relevant information as as quickly as efficiently as possible say what are the rates uh, what do we offer versus other banks why should uh, they not go to an, any other bank uh, how are the services better what what would be the loan structure what would be the emis for a particular loan amount so all this information has to be readily available for uh, the user and the user then should be able to complete the process uh, digitally all by themselves uh, to however extent is possible uh, right so that's how designing for uh, a banking platform banking application uh, versus any other application is it, it's not something where you would want user to spend more time on a platform uh, but rather to make them assist them complete their tasks as soon as possible so ensure that support channels be it via chats or phones etc should be available immediately to assist uh, so that i think is is a major difference between uh, a major uh, challenge for designing a banking application you should you have to be very aware of your uh, users uh, expectations and needs of being there well wow, that's beautifully expressed in terms of the difference between you know using um, both these uh, applications for other services as well as banking in fact with banking moving to the online arena of fintech companies this is a considerable expectation from the world of user experience designers to demonstrate the differentiation in the product range itself you know my next question to you uh, nivedita is what are some of the exciting changes then what that that one can witness in the coming times in the digital banking aspect with respect to design Yeah sure so i think there's this lot lot of things happening both in india and outside uh, and uh, i think uh, banking digital banking design uh, and technology they, they really have a bright future uh, so just for an example you can uh, you can you can say how apis and open banking are transforming the banking platforms so uh, in 2018 just just a couple of years ago uh, psd2 uh guidelines were introduced in europe so psd2 is a payment service providers directive so second version of it was introduced in europe and this allowed all the european banks to open their payment services to third party uh, service providers what we called uh, tpps so what it meant was uh, now we could design applications where the customers could see their account informations from different banks in a single place so uh just imagine one platform and you can see your account information from say an hdfc from a deutsche from an icici all the different accounts that a customer might be having and this would mean the user could now have a complete overview of their financial situation uh and they can now analyze their financial plans better uh another solution which which uh, was now possible was using online banking to make payments to uh, uh, third party merchants uh from a bank's app but using any of the clients accounts right so whether they they belong to this entity or not they can they could use the bank's app to make that uh, payment so basically before psd2 uh, all the third party providers had faced a lot of limitations in offering any such solution and uh, now because of the technology and the uh, government directives and initiatives available uh the the scope for innovation is amazing and uh, i think designing such innovative applications also means that uh, 
the designer should have a sound understanding of the technologies behind as i was telling so uh, only then would we be able to engineer the uh, the you know the, the experiences and solutions most efficiently uh, so close at home if you can just uh, think about upi so now uh, we cannot really uh, even imagine our lives without upi but uh, upi was just introduced in 2016 right by uh, npca so it just kind of revolutionized the the payment app technologies and uh, design and it's been almost 4 years now and apps like uh, google pay and paytm and amazon and phone pay they have become such an integral part of our lives we really cannot uh, imagine uh, payments and especially in these covid times right it, it has been even better so definitely design uh, technology uh, i mean banking is something that uh, is a really great field of uh, innovation and experimentation when it comes to uh, design and technology both absolutely in fact um, we cannot imagine the world without um, uh, you know some of these applications today and there you know they they've just become such integral part of our lives and 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 our daily way of behaving in fact one interesting thing that you touched upon and i've been curious to know that there's so much at stake when it comes to fintech um, you know and um, one of the things that uh, designing a fintech product comes down to is this important word called as trust for example you know would i trust your app uh, enough to put my savings there uh, you know will the transaction get through you know all all sorts of questions like these now this is a delicate question which in turn becomes a you know it it, it which in turn lands up becoming a design challenge with ethical implication the question that i have is how do designers in fintech space address this dilemma sure so i think uh, you know the the pointers which i already touched upon uh, about giving user access and control so those are those become the basics for uh, designing any banking or fintech application when it is when it comes to uh, you know security and uh, the trust factor uh, so when when you are part of the banking industry there are a number of regulations and limitations that uh, you are supposed to work within uh, there are controls designed within the bank that uh, every employee of the bank has to follow so when i mentioned that uh, a job of a designer in a bank is not just designing interfaces it's it's a lot more than that in terms of understanding the regulations when there is a new uh, directive by say rbi what does it mean for your solution what what additional features would you be able to uh, expose now what are the things that you cannot let the users uh, you know be aware of so we have to be constantly aware of the guidelines the controls that uh, apply to your specific businesses and design within those limitations i think uh, uh, also the ethical responsibility is to give the give all the information to the client as clearly as a, and as simply as possible so whenever we design uh, an interface of course there are guidelines of uh, say these three different notifications have to be displayed uh, on your website but uh, as designers our ethical responsibility is to make sure that they are easily accessible they are not hidden 
under uh, layers of navigations uh, just to avoid uh, you know uh, auditors it, it shouldn't be just to uh, for the sake of being there it should be uh, you know visually placed in a in a position where the user is easily able to access it and also is able to understand it clearly if the terminology is a little too technical uh, there would there should be uh, you know additional references just to make sure that uh, the decisions which a user is actually taking on a banks or a fintech website is, is in their uh, interest so let them have complete control uh, give them all the information and also be available so as a bank or a fintech institution it becomes all the more uh, important that your support channels are always ready because this is a decision which uh, uh, you know which might impact the lives of the client we have to make sure that the support channels are always there to assist and close that journeys so i think yeah that that uh, is is how we have to make sure we are uh, ethically responsible for all the designs that we uh, display there hey did you know with assets amounting to approximately 1.3 trillion us dollars deutsche bank was the eighth largest investment bank globally and eighth largest bank in europe in 2019 it has 2064 branches across the world as on 1st of january 2019 and nearly 1400 of those are in germany so nivedita while you spoke about technology one of the interesting things is the element of touch introduced by the iphone in 2007 and it revolutionized the way we design but now the interaction design is evolving even further companies are starting to invest in touchless gesture controls the next natural step is user interface design in the disappearance of the screen itself and as there will be no screen the process differs significantly from designing graphical user interfaces the question that i have for you is how can designers understand voice communication to create compelling voice user interfaces yeah sure uh, so rohit to answer your question uh, as designers uh, the ux research processes don't change right uh, what we do need to understand is uh, which tools and methodologies to use to uh, get the right qualitative data so when you talk about uh, voice based interfaces uh, this is a technology which is still evolving so uh, uh, nlp is uh, something that has uh, you know has has fascinated me for a very long time now and uh, i'm uh, really looking forward to how the next 5 uh, 8 years uh, are going to be for this technology but basically for designers what we need to understand is uh, how what are the tools that work best for the research here so i think the first and the the most important step here is to define the persona uh, correctly invest some time in uh, defining the right uh, personas basis uh, uh, the task the user the environment profiles uh, so here in case of any natural language processing um, here the biggest challenge is to define the context uh, when i'm talking to you uh, i'll say something and you will uh, obviously understand the the hidden the meanings the by the gestures and uh, by the body language and the the uh, the hints of uh, maybe other emotions within but uh, you cannot really expect a 
voice based interface to understand that so it's really important to define context there and personas help exactly to do that uh so the designers need to focus on the uh, high priority tasks based on these personas and then the conversations can be defined around these personas right and uh, another uh, important thing here in this aspect is to define the personality of the interface so when i say personality uh, you can uh, imagine something like an alexa who has a personality of her own uh say example if you're working on a bot uh, for an enterprise user and uh, what this interface does is uh, gives the user some quick data insights basis their huge data repositories and like uh, thousands of uh, data tables under uh, underlying tables uh, and uh, we need the user to ask something like uh, give me the uh, sales trends for the last two weeks in my region so this is the context which the user would be uh, providing to the interface in this case in a case like this maybe it's uh, good to design a more formal contextual personality right uh, uh, and not, not not really something really fun and quirky there so the intent should be to clearly provide the required information and then close the conversation right uh, and i was just uh, talking about maybe some other uh, interfaces which you could uh, develop on top of say a facebook uh, a weather uh, bot for example so interfaces like that can have a fun personality because the users are not really uh, trying to finish a task right uh, and actually uh, one of the most important steps of uh, designing any voice based interface is the usability testing so uh, uh, i would always recommend that uh, during the usability testing phase use an actual person deploy an actual person instead of the bot uh, and then as part of the texting uh, exercise the users interact with this person as they would normally and the ux designer right and the ux designer would then uh, keenly observe these conversations uh, make notes and then they get an a, a very clear understanding of how a typical conversation would go in that particular context the trick also is to have a, 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 a you know a limited number of users there so only maybe 8 to 10 at max because more than this number can distract the designers to include conversations which are uh, really out of context so keep the users uh, limited to a maximum of 10 users and then let the designer observe the conversation because uh, as i said context is the key understanding the human language and then uh, uh, translating that to an actual uh, command is the key in such a interface so i think yeah that these are the uh, most important things which i would suggest uh, uh, designers should take care of in designing voice based interfaces and i'm i'm really looking forward to how, what the future holds uh, for us in this technology interesting and i'm sure that it's 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 going to be exciting to see how the entire thing evolves and that brings us nivedita to my last question and something that i also asked you in the start at avantika university we we coined this term called as designering which is the base ideology that we follow the blended approach of design and engineering you also have operated on uh, the philosophy of blended approach of design engineering as well as business now the question is do you see this to be relevant in 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 your field in the world and um, do you think 
there's going to be a lot of action around this philosophy in 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 the coming time yes definitely uh, so i think that was a term which uh, really interested me in one of our uh, earlier conversations also so i think it, it's 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 really important to uh, look at design and engineering uh, together when it comes to designing and technology as i was mentioning earlier uh, when we come out of a college as fresh designers sometimes uh, we are more focused on the aesthetics part of the design and that definitely is important uh, but uh, in my experience when it comes to technology design most of the products that i have worked with uh, the final uh, aesthetics part of the visual design uh, was less of a priority and the reason being the users that uh, we were targeting were very niche uh, uh, specific set of users so in that case we need to uh, understand the technology the engineering that goes behind uh creating that product and uh, only when the designers work together with the engineers uh, to understand these uh, uh the, these concepts only then we can actually create some really functional designs so uh, as i as i told you right uh, uh for banking technologies uh, which have recently emerged in in fields of uh, open banking and a, a lot of uh, payment based innovation which has happened uh it is an outcome of a combined effort of design and engineering because of course the final product which goes out to the user uh the the whole idea is to uh, let them use technology uh in a way that really improves their uh, lives and, uh, and that that's what we have been doing with uh, the new technologies uh, in banking Uh, so i think that that's definitely a good way to think about it uh, that's something that uh, all the designers uh, working for technology products should definitely be aware of wow that's been quite some interesting conversation with you nivedita and i'm sure that the entire world of fintech as we move forward we uh, you know we will see a very interesting evolution and it will be amazing to see how the world of design uh, blends along with this evolution thank you so much for joining us on our show it was a pleasure hosting you today thank you so much rohit it was really uh, an amazing experience talking to you guys and uh, some really interesting uh, questions that you have come up with thanks so much for making me part of this conversation Hey there we hope you enjoyed our show do write to us on ads@avantika.edu.in we look forward to your opinions feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show do tune in our channel next week on wednesday for a new story on hub hopper or wherever you get your podcast from follow us on facebook instagram linkedin and twitter